Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. This one's a really special one for me. Um, you know, I God, what what Honcho was about a year ago when I ha- I was on I was on with you, maybe yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. sooner than that, but it was yeah. about a year, right? Yeah, close to that, close to about a year, yes, sir. So, um, I'm excited to talk to Honcho from Soft Sports. I have been a fan of Honcho for for a long time. I love what he brings. I think he's definitely one of the better. Um, platforms out there as far as regarding the Texans and getting content and I wanted to bring you on and talk to you I wanted to uh, just kind of give listeners the ability to understand what soft sports is and who you guys are and what you do and then have a conversation about Bill O'Brien a real honest conversation Um, and yeah so Honcho why don't you introduce yourself tell them where they can find you on Twitter tell them where they can find soft sports and all that good stuff okay well yeah I'm I'm Ed Honcho soft sports uh Soft Sports HTX on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and I think on Facebook it's just Soft Sports. It definitely could be a, a bit more active. Uh, YouTube, you know, uh, if you go actually go to SoftSports.com, it takes you straight to the YouTube page to kind of make it much more convenient instead of having you know search on YouTube for it. And then I think one of the things that we I want to talk about is the den. Can we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I know you don't. I know you don't push it as much as soft sports, but I think you have some real interesting conversations on there. And uh, I don't think enough people realize like that's like like you're having real life conversations, and there's some interesting topics there. Like where'd that come from? Oh man, the den. <clears throat> uh, if we get back to the origins of the den, it, it happened. I think you know the sauce had already kind of started in. And there was some interesting people that I was having some conversations with in, in soft sports. And I was like, hey, you know, well, let's, let's talk about some other things. Uh, now, I used to be a, a, a connoisseur uh, of the cannabis, if you will. So it started out as the Christian. So it was actually me getting blitzed off my ass and just, you know, talking with people about random different crazy shit. And then as it kind of grew and it kind of progressed and we talked about different stories, I started to notice how the conversation was changing. So kind of got rid of the reefer, got rid of the the, the, the weed aspect to it and just really started having those real conversations. And I started seeing people from, you know, different walks of life, different ages, and that we could all kind of come together. And, and people wanted to be able to speak freely without feeling like they're being judged for having, you know, whatever feelings or thoughts that they have. And that's kind of the, the premise of the den. I try my best to stay neutral. Uh, some things, you know, you can't always, but... To just give people a, a welcome space, whether you agree with, you know, the majority of people, whether you disagree, whatever it is, I think that we're losing that uh, ability to just to, to really speak our minds without necessarily insulting somebody else. Yeah, I would agree. I think that that's one of the biggest parts of the platform that I like the most is it's um, it's really it, it's not. I, I guess yeah, we, you could describe it as like a safe space to come and really just have honest conversations, um, and they're always like very. It's like the timing of the conversations are always perfect. Uh, you know, with whether it's things going on in the world and stuff like that. And I, I just, I find it really interesting. I would like to eventually come on to the den and have a real conversation. Yeah, uh, anytime, you're absolutely welcome. You just uh, let me know what you think Yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to talk about um, why um, white people are so scared to back other races and what they go through and how embarrassing it can be for people like me who want to be a part of that and, and be a part of the change. I, I that's a conversation we can have off air too, but um, it's just extremely bothersome. But I don't want to, I don't want to get into those because that could be something we talk about for 
for four hours probably. Um, all right, so let's talk about soft sports. Tell me, tell me how that started. Tell me kind of where you guys, like how you guys got to where you're at. Um, and, and then let's talk about where you're wanting to take it. Because uh, we had some conversations earlier before we, we recorded, and I'd love—I think—I think everybody would like to hear kind of where you were wanting to take it. So, if you could just take me through the history. Okay. Uh, <laughs> soft sports also start off kind of kind of crazy. It was me uh, and a friend of mine, Chad Kush, is the name he goes by, and we were arguing. We were we were having a video chat. I don't know if we were on Google Hangouts, but we were arguing about—I uh, want to say it was the Osweiler situation—and. And he was saying something. It was just some of the craziest stuff. And I'm like, I can't believe you're saying what you're saying right now. Uh, people need to hear this. And we ended up recording some of the conversation and, and ended up uploading it. And then uh, he kind of got some response. And then, uh, you know, Sean gets drafted. And it just kind of goes from there. <clears throat> and it wasn't ever really intentional. Like, hey, I, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to start a YouTube channel. It just kind of started as a thing. And then, again, it kind of molded itself into its own kind of community. Um, and I think, you know, where we're at right now, uh, I think, like I said, we're in a good spot. Uh, I think we kind of have this stigma about us right now that uh, I won't say is necessarily untrue, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's as bad as people make it. You know, everybody says, well, those are the negative guys. Um, well, I feel more like, I won't say emotional, but I, I feel like, you know, because we come forward from the fan perspective. And when certain things happen, I think it, it, it lasts long in certain fans, so maybe we reiterate certain things uh a little bit more than, say, somebody of a more corporate situation. But, I, I mean, you know, it just is what it is. Like I say, we come from the fans, talk to the fans. That's kind of the angle that we want to bring, you know, to, 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 to be a fan, not to necessarily be an analyst or, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just to, to, to have that fan emotion and so to, to have a natural feel to it. That's kind of the goal of soft sports. Um, and then, like I said, another platform where people can kind of call in and express themselves genuinely, uh, you know, on the radio. You definitely can call in, but you can't say certain things. I think when it comes to sports, uh, when certain things happen, we have a lot of pent-up rage, emotion, or maybe a lot of happiness, whatever. You want to say a lot of stuff. So just kind of a place where, again, people can kind of have that uncensored fandom. Yeah, I, I, I love the platform. It's just like basically come on, say whatever you want, and then like no matter how you feel, whether you, other people would disagree or not, um, it's a place to have those conversations about the Texans. And like you said, it's different from, you know, Sports Illustrated or any of those networks because it's, it's uncensored. Uh, kind of like us in a sense where it's, um, you know, we're unfiltered for a reason because we, you know, we want to have the real conversations. Uh, we're a little different than what we, what, what you guys have done. But I think you guys also point out the things that a lot of people won't want to talk about. And more specifically, the Bill O'Brien situation and him with this team. And I wanted to have you on specifically to have that conversation because I, I can't think of anybody else that's probably more prepared to have a conversation about Bill O'Brien, you know, being gone, um, you know, your thoughts on it. And then I wanted to have a conversation about my thoughts on it. So my thing with Bill O'Brien, and this is just, you know, this is how I felt for a while. I think he's let a lot of people down. I think he's made a lot of questionable moves where people just can't seem to understand where they like where the team is going. I think it's a lack of a vision, a lack of a plan that, you know, for instance, DeAndre Hopkins, when he was traded, it was almost as if Houston literally melted down. 
Um, I, I've never seen anything like it in sports, I don't think. I can't remember a time where a trade like that happened and everybody just died. Um, so I want to talk to you about that and kind of your thoughts on the trade itself and kind of wh- what you what you thought about it. But I, I kind of remember well, it wasn't that long ago. I remember though, because I'm, I'm on and off the Twitter a little bit, but you know that's usually where information kind of comes in the fastest. And I logged on for a second. You saw the kind of the rumors, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is being shot. But you get to hear that every year. You know, like, uh, you know that's the national media again. You know, hating on the Texans. You know, not not want to give us any love. And then I forgot who I saw said it first. It might have been in a, in a little. Uh, the private chat that we have at the round table and, and they, they said that the trade happened. I was like, you know, um, this can't be a real thing. Like, I, I know we say what we say about Bill O'Brien and like, yeah, we say, you know, he's a, a bad coach or whatever, you know, however you want to look at it. But there's no way nobody would make this move. Like, this is a prank. This is a joke. This can't be real. And then to find out that that happened, and again, I know a lot of people, you know, get over it and, and all these things. I, I think we I think we as fans have been spoiled, you know, especially when you go from Andre to, to D-Hop uh, and, and how good the receivers have been for this franchise, or at least our, our number one receivers have been. And, you know, people say, oh, you can just get it. Like, I, I don't see that. And I can't comprehend the logic um, that Bill O'Brien had. And I know there's various rumors, though it was the money or it was baby mamas or whatever it is. This guy is one of the best in the game right now. And you have him under contract. There's really no real issue. I just couldn't comprehend what's going through his mind. And, and I have this thing that um, Bill O'Brien thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And sometimes they say, you know, hey, when you're the smartest guy in the room, you should be in another room. Um, I don't think Bill O'Brien wants to go to a different one. I think he likes it. I think that he figures that he can do something that other people can't create. So pop isn't necessary to the equation. But I think that was really detrimental not only to the team, but to, to Watson's growth. And so I'm like wondering, is the coach really, you know, he says it's whatever in the best interest of the capital T-E-A-M. But is that really true? Is it more a personal thing? And I think when you start putting personal issues over the team, you're really going to have a big problem. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, the initial shock of it for me specifically, it was hard to understand the football perspective and how it made the team better. I think that for me was the hardest part to understand. I am a little different than most people in the sense that I actually don't – there's one player on this team that is untouchable. That's the way I look at it, and that's the quarterback. That's Deshaun Watson. I, I'm always – I don't get emotionally tied to players, as I've seen just in all sports that things like this can happen at all times. And I'm I'm fine with moving on from players if there's a plan in place for the team to be better. Like if the team gets better through the trade, I, I really can't complain because that's – at the end of the day, that you're wanting to make the best football team possible. The day of the trade, I saw no way – I tried to look at it as opti- like every way possible. There was no way that the team was better the day of the trade. And that was my biggest issue with the entire thing. I, I didn't understand how anybody could have thought that this team was better. They weren't. I love David Johnson. I understand everything that I just talked to him four days ago. I, ha- I, you know, I had him on, this, on the channel, like great dude. Um, but at the same time, I didn't think David Johnson was enough for, for us to feel better about where the team was. So I agree with you. That that part was my biggest issue. Did – once Brandon Cooks was added, 
did that start to not necessarily make you feel better, but start to understand that maybe there is potentially a plan? And whether we agree with the plan or not, did it did it at least make you think there's a chance that something can happen? Or is the book closed on Bill O'Brien in your mind that this guy's just never going to succeed and there's no way that this team's going to be successful? Okay, now, when that when Brandon Cooks was acquired, uh, and, and again, like I said, I can see the vision. I just, again, I don't believe Bill O'Brien has got to execute. And let me tell you, the book closed for me on O'Brien, uh, the playoff loss to the Colts uh, a couple of years back. And my thing with Bill was always that I, I always felt like he was a good coach. So this is why I feel like we get a negative stigma, too. Because, you know, oh, you're hating me. I was shooting on Bill. I've always said I felt like Bill is a average to good coach. Uh-huh. I feel like certain coaches – especially when it's their, their first-time head coach, they kind of have to be knocked off that high horse, kind of recalibrate, and then if they get another opportunity of coaching, generally I think they, they, they do better, kind of a la Kubiak. Um, and I think that's what Bill needs. Like, I don't think he, you know, sometimes when you're in the middle of something, it's hard to see what's really going on around you. And I think that's kind of where he's at. He's so, he's in the middle of the storm, so he doesn't really realize what's happening. Um, and I don't think he'll ever reach that next plateau until he has a chance to really, like say, step back, uh, again, like I say, reanalyze everything. And I think that he could become uh, better. I think he could become really good. I just don't think here with the Texas organization that he's going to accomplish that. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of my thing with him. And like I say, the Colts lost. Again, like I say, after you play them twice in the, the regular season and then they get embarrassed like that. I know there were injuries and other things going on. Um, I just I just felt like, I mean, you know, he's had enough opportunity. Uh, the turmoil that's reportedly happening within the organization and, and all of the stuff that was going on, I would just like to see the Texans have a fresh start where they had a couple extra years on Deshaun's contract. But um, it looks like they're all in. And I, I mean, we have to accept it, but at the same time, um, I don't think we have to accept it quietly. And I, I think there's, there's just frustration. And again, I don't think things will change the way this Texas organization is ran. Uh, I think Bill has a stronghold on the entire organization, so uh, nothing's going to happen with that. But but definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm out on the guy. Uh, my, my deal has to be, he has to, in my opinion, he has to take you to a Super Bowl. Until then, I, there's nothing. Like last year, I was like, hey, take us to the AFC Championship. Um, and, and I could say, hey, you know what, I'm back on the Bill O'Brien bandwagon. Maybe, you know, he's, he's shown that he's made progress, that he's gotten better. But then when you let, you know, the third team out of your division go to an AFC Championship under your tenure, and you still haven't reached that, even though you won the division, you know, but four out of the last five times or something like that, yeah, it just tells me, man, I think that he's kind of reached a plateau. I don't ever see him getting over it as long as he's the, the Texans head coach. Yeah, um, I've always said <clears throat> regarding Bill O'Brien, at least the last two years, that I think Bill O'Brien is, is – I think he's a good coach. I don't know if he's a great coach. Obviously, we've seen that he's he's not a great coach at, so far. I've always thought that Bill O'Brien is going to be one of those coaches that when he's fired – and he looks in the mirror and realizes the mistakes he made, that if he would have an opportunity to correct those mistakes and land another job, we might see a different head coach. Sometimes it takes, you know, falling on your face for you to realize what it is that you need to do. But, like, from an X's and O's standpoint, he he, he understands the game. Players seem to want to play for him. Um, you know, I know we have, like, the Jalen Strongs and the Braxton Millers, um, you know, Brandon Brooks, but, like, there seems to be more of a more that, of, of players that want to play for Bill O'Brien than than what we want to talk about. Last season, at least this is what I saw. You tell me, but when when we made the trade for Tunsil and Stills, and we made the trade for Gary and Conley, and we made the trade for Duke Johnson, it seemed as if 
Texans fans were actually pleased with Bill O'Brien as the general manager. Everybody was talking about how they wanted him to be aggressive. They were excited to see this aspect of the team. We've never seen this before. He's going out and adding players in midseason. We extended wit. You can talk about the contract and that being an issue. We can have that conversation because I would agree with you. But, um, you know, we saw an aggressive side of Bill O'Brien, and the team looked better, like, with those additions. If you take away the DeAndre Hopkins trade, do you think that Bill has put together a good team based on some of the moves he's made since he actually has had full control? And it's tough to, to remove the Hopkins. But, I mean, everything else, again, like you said, being more aggressive, that's something I, I've been saying for a long time. I'd love to see this team do so. I do have to commend him on that. Uh, going out and, and getting pieces to, to try to fill needs uh, actively within the season, uh, definitely commend him on that. And I want to say uh, I want to say Nick Martin might have been early. Just right season, before the Saints right game. Before, right? And so, like I say, you know, and kind of making moves so that you did see a, a little bit different uh, approach to how they dealt with players. My thing, again, like I said with Bill, is just I just want to see the, the, the vision come to life, and, and that's kind of where it is with me. Until I really see it executed, I just I feel like he has this unprecedented level of power. I feel like he needs like an ego check, and so for him to feel the way that he does, I don't see it on the field. I, don't, I mean, I, again, I believe in having confidence in yourself and in believing in your own you know, program, but as a fan, okay, Bill, you know, this is going on, what, year seven? Uh, you know, getting into the playoffs is cool. Divisional wins are cool. Like, all these moves need to to accumulate into something. And, and again, like I said, preferably a Super Bowl, uh, at least so that you can get to the, with the big dogs of the AFC and get to the AFC Championship, something. Or be competitive. Or not, not just don't get blown out uh, on a playoff exit. But as far as I do feel like he has been more aggressive, I will say that uh, I can commend him on that. And I do like GM Bill more than I like Coach Bill. So, right. you know. Yeah, no, see, for me, that's the biggest thing that I see. I, I do, it's hard because Hopkins was such an impactful player for this team that when he was gone, it's like a gut punch. You're you're losing something that you're never, you, you won't replace. And you're right, like the fan base has been spoiled. Like, to me, Andre Johnson, even with DeAndre Hopkins, is the best wide receiver that this team has ever had. And I, I think recency bias uh, tends to make people think that DeAndre was a better wide receiver overall than Andre Johnson. Um, I think Andre Johnson was uh, – I think he's the, one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen play. But, um, yeah, so when I look at that – and then when I look at the aggressiveness on the field, like last year – or years prior, we never saw him go for it on fourth and one, fourth and two. Last year, there was a change in all of that. We saw it, uh, what, there was a game where we closed it out going for it on fourth and one. Oh, it was the Kansas City game in the regular season. Um, and we went for it and won. Um, what do you want to see from his coaching? Like, we're, he's here. We know he's here. So there's nothing we can do. He's going to be here at least for another year. What areas can you see him improve on that would be able to maybe make this, let this team take the next step. Like, obviously, Super Bowl AFC Championship is the realm where he needs to go. Do you think he has the team, player-wise, to be able to do that? And then what does he need to do as a coach to be able to to do it? Um, Offensively, I think that he, he, he has a team to compete with anybody. I mean, there's a lot of speed on the field. You know, if everybody is staying healthy, then I think that we should be able to compete with anyone. My issue with Bill is, again, he wins the games he's supposed to win. 
it's those games like Denver last year. It's the games like, you know, the Ravens, like Kansas. It's those embarrassing losses. You have one of the – well, had one of the most talented teams. I think they're still very talented. Uh, in the league, But when it comes to competing with uh, what you would say the big dogs, it's like there's a clear discrepancy. I mean, that, to me, that's coaching. I'd like to see him – I mean, I'd like to see him put more points on the, on, on the board. Again, again, that could be – you can talk about players, you can talk about execution uh, and a lot of those things. But to me, it's it's still, you know, it's still Bill, you know, first down, run up the middle. You know, it's like uh, you still see a lot of those old tendencies. Again, like I say, I think he has the weapons, uh, and, it, and it looks like he's getting a bunch of guys that are fast, and then maybe they can get a little quicker, be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, so I, I hope that's what happens. Uh, but – just something with Bill, like I said, I, I don't know. You know, you said, you know, it's an eight and eight lead. To me, that, that screams mediocrity. When he talks about just, just some of the things that he says, when he speaks, it just makes me feel like, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. Cause I, what I, I study a lot of leaders for some reason. I like reading about leaders of people yeah. who have been very serious. And he just doesn't have the qualities that you see from most of I just don't think, you know, you, you'll hear when, uh, when Braver got picked up, oh, they always talk about leader of men. He's leader of men, this, that. You don't, you don't get that from from uh, Bill O'Brien. Is he intelligent? Absolutely. Is he a smart guy? Absolutely. But for all the labels of offensive guru, quarterback guru, and all of these things, I, I don't I don't see it for that. I'd, I'd like to see more points on the board. I mean, that's that's. I'd like to see us be one of the highest scoring teams in the league instead of being, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. Yeah, I think um, – so the, there's a lot there to unpack. So one thing for sure, when it comes to, like, the offensive guru, quarterback guru – those were all given to him by the media. Like, I feel like those aren't anything like I've never heard Bill O'Brien say anything like that. Like everybody always throws that around. And I just wonder where, like how people have been able to hang up on, on, like, just think about that. Like, I don't think that he's a quarterback guru. I don't think he's an offensive guru, to be honest with it, based on stats. That's not, you can't say that about him. If you look at points per game. Um, and then, with the leader of men, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm a big I'm a big proponent. I read a lot of leadership books. I you know understanding what leadership looks like and things of that nature. Uh, I I think that based on the the perception we have of Bill O'Brien and what we see, it looks like he's an awful leader. It looks like he's not somebody that is able to lead. Um, he gives us the same same quotes, same things all the time. T E A M versatility. You know all the stuff that he does. Eight and eight league. Um, I wonder, do you think that there's a difference between the bill we see and the bill that the players see? And, and I wonder that. I really do. Um, maybe there is. Maybe, again, like I say, maybe that guy that was, you know, in the tunnel yelling at the fans, maybe they were used to that because it seemed like nobody, when you see that video, how nobody kind of batted an eye. It was just like, come on, coach. Like, they're used to Maybe he's much more aggressive. Maybe he's more... Uh, maybe puts on a different personality with them, and then when he deals with the media, because he does, he seems not to uh, enjoy dealing with the media that much. So I think that's why you hear the same quotes, just kind of you know going through the motion a lot. Um, I'm wondering because again, like you say, there are players who come out and they vouch for him. Deshaun is vouch for him, and you know even with a, a move like the the the, <clears throat> the Hopkins trade, he seems to still be you know riding with Bill O'Brien. So maybe there's something else going on behind the scenes that we're not seeing. Uh, but again, like I say to me, he just kind of comes off. I don't know, he just, he's just lacking a lot of quality, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, like I said, his image, which to most people is like one of the most important things, and his image is 
it's not a nice image um, outside of the building. Like outside the building, it's there. I mean, everywhere it's national jokes about Bill O'Brien everywhere, all the time. It never ends. Like the draft. <laughs> I mean, you know, just this dude. It's almost like he he needs somebody from a P, he needs a personal PR coach because he has no idea what he does and how people react. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, I just wonder how different it is in the locker room because, like, for Deshaun to come out constantly, even at the end of last season, I mean, he was very definitive about Bill O'Brien and, and who he is and what he believes in. He even told the media, you can write what you want, you can think what you want, but, like, I know who this guy is and I want to play for him. I just, I don't know, I find it crazy that, it sucks because we don't really have an understanding of who he is in the locker room. So all we have to go off of is his awful press conferences where he gives the exact same thing every time. Yeah. Um, so they have to be some. They, they have to. I mean, like, I mean, what happened after that uh, Patriots game? And uh, I think it was Deshaun gave him the game ball. Yeah. And so, I mean, there has to be some type of uh, uh, something, some kind of connection going on in the locker room. Because obviously they, 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 there's something going on there. Uh, you know, I think that game maybe maybe meant a little bit more to him than it should. Cause it seemed like again he, he took the week off after that. But um, you know, so I guess I, I guess I would have to say that I, I would agree that it has to be. It, it's maybe again like some people just don't deal well with the media, you know. But when it comes to team affairs and things like that, you know, they're they're well loved in the locker room. But um, yeah, that that would have to be the case. That's maybe it's two sides to Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah I, I you think he just doesn't give a shit about the media and Absolutely. what <laughs> I, I really think that that's what it is. I think he, yeah. he could care less. He just knows that he's required to talk to the media. Exactly. So he just goes out there and does whatever he can. I, I, I really honestly don't think he cares at all about what his image is perceived as. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk about this team. So I love I, I really like the way the offense looks. I really do. I think I think the Brandon Cooks trade, the part that people don't talk about enough that I think is the most interesting aspect of it is the last two years we've seen that when Will Fuller goes down, this offense becomes stagnant and becomes 17 points per game. With the addition of Brandon Cooks, if Will Fuller goes down, this offense should be able to pick up exactly where it was. Uh, If Will Fuller can stay healthy and you have Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller on the outside, I, I don't think people want to acknowledge, no, like, I, I'm different. When it comes to contracts and things, I don't really look at it too much. So when I look at the Randall Cobb contract, I understand why people are so frustrated about it. But at the end of the day, I also realize that this team has never had a reliable slot wide receiver since Bill O'Brien has been here. Ellington was always hurt. Kiki couldn't seem to, you know, maybe he's in the doghouse. I, I think he has the talent to be really good, but we just maybe we will never see it again as we, you know, Braxton, Chalen. Um but then when you add the element of Cobb in the slot, uh, which opens everything up, Deshaun's great in the middle. Um, I think Jordan Akins is a star on the verge of breaking out. Um, and then you add David and Duke in the backfield. It's almost like a pick-your-poison offense. You want to play cover two, cover three, take away the deep ball. Well, then good luck with Duke and David coming out of the backfield and Randall in the middle. How do you feel about this team? And kind of just... Let's talk about the offense first because I think the defense is a whole nother conversation. Yeah, and, and that's that's where I think you are. I think the offense is going to be uh, relying very heavily upon the offense. And, again, I, I think that all of the pieces are there to be uh, a potent offense. Like you said, I think, you know, like you say, pick your points. You have, you know, uh, what's the Texans' favorite versatility, uh, you know, coming out of the backfield to get anything. But as long as Sean Watson's on the field, I mean, anything is capable. So, uh, 
again, when you take away the Hopkins aspect of it, yes, moves were, if you, if you, if you try to look at it with an unbiased mind, um, that uh, he did improve the talent on the team aside from, you know, you can't replace Hopkins. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, like I said, but I agree with you on the point about Will, and, and that's been a concern with me for a couple of years is that, I like Will. I think when Will is on the field, you do, like say, you see a much more dynamic offense, but when he stays or he's been hurt every season, you know, at least two or three games, uh, it's impactful. When it comes down to the playoffs, and you're kind of, uh, we don't know if Will's able to go or not, and you're one and done in the playoffs. So if you can't rely on the guys, uh, it's going to be a problem. Um, my only issue with the Cooks thing, and I know I heard everybody talking about the, the uh, I'm sorry, what they, not, not the migraines, the damn concussions. Concussions, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, that that's a concerning thing. I know people say, well, they're, they're mild concussions. To me, you know, a concussion is a concussion, you know, regardless of how you look at it. So, I mean, that's that's kind of concerning. Uh, as far as across the board, you know, again, if, if he's only missed two games, so I won't say he's injury prone, but that's a concern. You know, Will has uh, an injury history. I think your most reliable guy right now might be Kenny. Um, I think that the talent is there, but is the health there. And that's, that's my issue because in the city of Houston, no matter what sports you're talking about, there's going to be some type of devastating injury that's going to uh, fuck up the plan. So I think that – I think it's just going to be interesting what happens. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm still not happy about, you know, number 10 not being out there. But uh, with Deshaun, I mean, you know, everything is, 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 is going to be all right. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I look at um, – I think Deshaun – I think, I think like, if anybody has a reason to be somewhat hopeful, it's just Deshaun for me. Like – I guess that's maybe why I don't put so much uh, concern into the team because, I mean, we're talking about a guy who pretty much just finished year two, even though he's been in the league year three, missed the first season. He's gotten better every year in all the different areas of the game. Uh, He's getting better at reading defenses and picking up blitzes. So it's like I feel like with Deshaun, and we've seen it multiple times in, in in the NFL, great top five quarterbacks can win you a Super Bowl with an awful head coach. Aaron Rodgers did it with Mike McCarthy in that just awful offense. So we've seen it. I just I, And I think Deshaun's that good to where that could be overcome. But you're right. Like health plays such a big part of it. Um, and shout out to Wink because Wink's right about the clowny trade. That's another one that I think you could potentially have a conversation about maybe a bad move. I think now we're starting to see that maybe it could have been the right decision. I don't know. Like Seattle didn't even get a comp pick from Clowney because he hasn't been signed yet. So for everybody that thought we could have kept him and gotten a comp pick, we wouldn't have gotten that comp pick. We added Gary and Conley, um, and then we're able to draft uh, Jonathan Grenard. So I don't know. I I think that's a. What are your thoughts on the Clowney trade now? Like at first, I think it was awful. How about now though? Yeah, looking at it now, like I say, it's, it's interesting that. Uh obviously that where he wants to get paid and where teams are seeing him is uh, maybe uh, two different places. But then I'm wondering how much of an impact does the you know the current situation, the pandemic, whatever, where you can't really meet with other teams. I think I'm wondering how much of an impact does that have, you know, show guys, hey, I'm healthy, I'm good. You know, there's always concern about the knee and stuff like that. Um, so do I, I think he's going to end up somewhere, but I think it's, it's probably going to be less than, than whatever it is he's asking for. I mean, what, somebody said I think 15 or something like that. Uh, I don't I don't think because, you know, the the, stat, the sack numbers are valued. Clowney's never really been that guy. Um, so I don't think he's going to see the numbers that he's hoping for. I'm, I'm, I've always been a huge Clowney guy. That was the part where I started to turn more on Bill O'Brien because I, I think 
clowny is a, I still believe just putting on the film, if you just stop looking at the damn stat box and you just watch County play, Clowney plays a freaking game record and he's somebody you have to account for no matter what on offense. And I miss that element. I have an argument that I think if Clowney was still on this team in the Kansas City divisional round, I think you win that game. Mm. Mm. I probably agree with you on that. And I think that's, that's part of it. Like I said, with Clowney's legacy and, and we go back and we say, if you really go back and look at it, the play that Clowney was known for, it was a run. Everybody wants Clowney to be, you know, this, this pass rusher. You're talking about, yes, he has the tools to do it. And this kind of goes into my, my beef with the Texans a lot is I, I have concerns about how they develop young players. And so, you know, we can talk about, you know, Strong and, and Miller and, and, you know, their arguments, you know, that's kind of, you know, there's two different sides to that. Some people saying, oh, well, they really weren't that good. Other people saying, well, you know, they didn't have a shot. But, I mean, the talent was there. I think Braxton may be a different thing because, again, like he was, he was changing positions and so there was yeah. a lot of stuff going on. But to me, Jalen was a, was a tall guy, had the speed, team they had decent hands. Um, but it just seems like once you get in that doghouse, you mentioned the doghouse earlier about Kiki, it's like once you get in that doghouse with Bill O'Brien, there's there's no coming out of it, and that's something that concerns me. It's like, uh, do guys not get to make mistakes? Like, what what is it that's going on that that gets them in the doghouse? Because obviously, I mean, you know, like I said, we've never seen any legal issues or anything like that from Texas or at least in the media. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what is it that that gets people in Bill O'Brien's doghouse, and after that, it's like they don't get another shot, even though we know that they're talented. Um, and so I think, like I said, going back to to the to the climate thing, though. But yeah, that was that was definitely. Um, a big issue, and again, I think I was probably on that train because I used to definitely try to milk the clowny thing, uh, the, the looking like clowny thing as much as I could. But yeah, um, I say this was one of the, the many issues that I had with, with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the defense. Uh, defense is probably the biggest question mark outside of health on the offense for this team. You know, last year we saw that this this defense has zero pass rush, and then when JJ Watt goes out, it's even worse. Who knows? what J.J. Watt will get this year. Um, he's been hurt, what, three of the last four four seasons, I believe. Um, and once he goes out, the pass rush is non-existent. You know, hopefully Charles Amenehu can take that next step. Uh, you look at, you know, the additions of Blacklock, Grenard, uh, Jacob Martin maybe coming on and, and adding, you know, 10 to 15 more pounds to become a three-down outside linebacker. Um, my biggest, the biggest thing I'd like to see this, this, this season from the defense is that Brendan Scarlett isn't starting opposite of, uh, Whitney Merciless. I, I want to see somebody that offers some sort of pass rush or something different because not that Brennan Scarlett's a liability, but God, he can't, he, he can never get after the quarterback. And like, I don't know, he's a great special teams player, but then I feel really good about the secondary. Um, that's the biggest thing I feel really good about. But if there's no pass rush, how good can your secondary be? What are your thoughts on the defense, Hancho? Uh, I got a lot of concerns uh, across the board with the defense. Again, I'm not as familiar with some of the young guys. I, I, I honestly don't have any attention to the college game as much. So the Blacklock, I've heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, the Bernard pick, I know the live speech had mentioned him. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really necessarily too familiar with those guys. The secondary, though, uh, <laughs> the secondary, though, is, I don't know, I have questions. Now, I know a lot of guys that were acquired, you know, mid-season through trades, things, so you can say maybe they need a little bit of time to, to build that continuity. You know, if Roby stays a little bit healthier, maybe we see uh, something different. Um, I got concerns. One bright spot, I, I do like Lonnie, even though he did have some issues last year, <clears throat> but I think that he has the the, the tool set uh, to become uh, a good player, and I like the fact that he's kind of uh, a dog. 
and we're, we're missing a lot of that on this team, and that's part of my problem. Like I think that, you know, I get to have the good moral guys, but I think on your defense, you got to have some guys who, you know, to do the dirty work. I don't think we really have those kind of guys. I don't think we have those guys that, that come out and set the tone, that, you know, get the guys fired up. And so that's kind of part of the problem. I think the attitude of the defense is an issue. Um, let me see. As far as uh, the linebackers, I, I think we're all right. I like Zach. I think uh, – I think you know Zach's gonna have a breakout year this year. Scarlett, I don't, I don't have too big of an issue with Scarlett. It's like he, he kind of makes plays and spurts here and there, but I could, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency, maybe with him. Um, but like I said, as far as like the younger guys, I, I definitely have to do a little bit more uh, research on because I'm not that familiar with him. JJ, he's getting a little long in the tooth. I don't know what you expect from him, like you mentioned earlier. Um, and, and I, and I want to believe, like again, he showed you a couple of years ago, he can get you a double digit guy. But again, now you're when you're seeing those repeated injuries, like what JJ are you getting? Like, I, you know, everybody still loves JJ, but I don't want JJ to go out, you know, and in a couple of years looking like Earl Campbell out there, can't walk, can't, you know, stand up straight. So it's like, how much more are you going to get from JJ over the next, you know, season or so? Um, but I have a lot of concerns about this defense, and then I'm kind of concerned with the position that Weaver's being put in, you know, being a first-time DC. Um, but so I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they play that out. Yeah, I think um, with Weaver, it, it's more of a question, are, are we going to see kind of like what we saw with Brable when he took over? Um, you know, is it really just Rack's defense with Brable's name on it? Um, there was also a ton of injuries on defense that year that Brable took over, so maybe maybe that played a part. I think that was the year that we set the record for most most injured, injured players. Uh, I think we ended up having like, I don't know, it was god-awful amount. I think it was like 33 injured players or something crazy. Um but, yeah, I think with the defense, uh, Lonnie, you know, I talked to Lonnie two weeks ago. He He's working on the areas that he needs to work on. It's it's his fluidity and his hips, his footwork. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I love Gary Conley and Bradley Roby. I think those two are, are really the star corners for me. Um, you have to wonder, you know, with the safety position with Gibson being cut, you know, Justin Reed did an interview yesterday saying that he's more of the coverage guy, so maybe it does open up the door for Eric Reed to come in and play that box safety um, position and let Justin Reed kind of roam around as the single high safety. Uh, but yeah, the pass rush, Charles Menhue, you know, he had a, he had a I, th- I don't think people realize how good of a year he actually had last year. He's very effective. Those long arms are very impactful, strip sacks and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, Anthony Weaver is really the question mark in my opinion. I, I, I want to know what we're going to see. He comes from the Rex Ryan tree. Are we going to see more aggressive blitzes with different, you know, scheme? That'd be great. I'd love to stop seeing our defensive tackles drop back into coverage. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So if we can eliminate that aspect of uh, the defense, I'd probably feel 10 times better. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall the defense as a whole, it, it's all going to come down to the pass rush. I don't think, it, I don't think there's anything else that you really have to question. I think it's just that. I think there's players everywhere else. Zach Cunningham, you know, I think Zach is a superstar in the making. Uh, I think he's a hell of a linebacker. I wouldn't be surprised if BMAC's gone after next year and we sign Zach Cunningham to a long-term deal um, because we can't afford to pay both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. So thoughts on the on the on the season coming up? Like, you know, are we going to have a season first and foremost? You think we're going to have a season? Uh, I think some way somehow it, it still happens. Um, the NFL is key. And I, I don't think they're going to want to stop, you know, uh, from, I don't know how they're going to figure it out. I don't know if everything is going to be, if they're going to try to play in empty stadiums or they're going to, you know, how they're going to arrange it. I just feel like 
the NFL some way, somehow is is going to keep things rolling because even with, you know, all everybody else kind of saying, oh, we're postponing cancer. I know, you know, the season isn't in, but it just has this feel like the NFL mentality is, you know, no matter what, we're going to figure out a way to keep, you know, everything happening. Um, I would hope so. I hope there is. I think the people need it. I think just with everything that's been going on, again, a good distraction would, would be nice. Um, I just don't know how it's going to work, but I think it's going to be a season. Do you think that we reach the levels that you have in your mind potentially? I think I don't think it's going to be a disappointing season. I think it's just going to be another one of those almost, like like you said uh, on Hard Knocks, you know, the almost team just almost there. You almost get there, but I don't I don't think I think it's kind of similar to last year, the year prior. I think we make the playoffs, uh, but then fall short. You know, fall short of a Super Bowl or fall short of reaching expectations. Uh, to me, expectations are Super Bowl at this point. And again, and I'm talking, I'll, I'll, I'll still accept, just take us somewhere we haven't been. Just take us to the AFC Championship. And I, and I, I could still say if it's a close game, uh, you don't get embarrassed, um, you know, then you can commend that. Um, but I, I think we fall short. I think we're I think we're another one and done in the playoffs this year. Um, okay, last one for you. For you to feel outside of Super Bowl and, and you know, obviously like that. Like if, if this team goes out and puts a whooping on the teams we're supposed to and beats the teams that we're not supposed to and just looks like a different team. I'm, I'm not saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But if they go out there and they have like a 12-4 and four season, get a bye in the first round, um, you know, will your confidence level on the team feel better Oh. I guess what what will it take for you to see what this like for you to feel better about this team? Uh, I'd have to see consistency, okay? Because I think that's the biggest issue that that we've had. You see a game where the Texans look really good, then you see a game where against somebody they should probably you know blow out when they look terrible, where they look like they don't belong on the same field. Um, that that's my thing. Again, if they're able to put up numbers and they can do it consistently, uh, you know three or four games and I'd start saying, okay, hey, maybe, you know, maybe we have something going on here. Um, or at least like I say, hang just the, the when you when you play the 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 front runners of the league, you know, don't don't get embarrassed. That's my big show. I'm tired of being embarrassed. Like if you look at any commercial in the NFL commercial or you know, NFL where they where they actually play highlights, there's almost in every single one a highlight of somebody embarrassing the Texans. And that like being on that side is, is frustrating. You know, even though we've had lots of talent here, even though the you know national media doesn't ever recognize it until it leaves. You know, uh, and that's across all sports here in Houston. But you know, it's, it's always being on the wrong side of the story. And so my thing is now, I'm, I'm tired of being the joke of the league. I think you know, Bill O'Brien to, to kind of reclaim his name, he has to go out and embarrass some people. You know, he has to show up um, against the better coaches in the league. It seems like when he, when he faces better uh, coaches, he kind of gets out coached. Um, and I, and I, I'd like to see him. You know, I, mean, I think he's a little bit better maybe with the, the clock management issues, but um, I just I just want to be in competition. Like I don't think there should be any game when the Texans walk on the field. You have Sean Watson where you should get embarrassed. Like you should be getting blown out by, you know, 20, 30 points or anything like that. that, that I'd like to see that come to a, to a stop. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think that with Tim Kelly calling the offense and, and Bill O'Brien just kind of managing things, you think that that potentially could help with some of the game management situations and time management things? Because my biggest issue with Bill O'Brien has always been that I feel like he takes way too much on yeah. and doesn't delegate any of the responsibility. Exactly. To exactly. Like 
head coach, offensive coordinator, general manager last year. You know, this year, now he's giving up OC duties, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, so if he can do that, I think that that might maybe help. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, just like you're talking about, as far as Elliot, we were just talking about leadership a little bit earlier. And that's kind of the sign of the leader having faith in, you know, the people under you to do the job that, you know, you're requesting them to do. And it, it seems like that was part of the thing. Like he, It's like he didn't trust the guys that were hired for the job. He had, you know, Tim Kelly, OC, and name only, you know, last year. And now, unless he's getting the play callers again, like you said, supposedly, I, I still kind of want to see how that plays out. Um, but I'm hoping he brings something different to the table. But he's been with Bill O'Brien since with Penn State, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm wondering how much of an influence is Bill O'Brien on his play calling? Does you know is he kind of a younger up and coming? Does he have his own mind? And you know, I'm, I'm still kind of curious to see what we're really going to see from Tim Kelly. You know, is he really going to be able to run his own show in that yeah. aspect? I think Jalen Strong the other day said that like Tim Kelly is like super smart or, or I don't know somebody's asking something about uh, on Twitter and he quote tweeted it and said that Tim Kelly is like super smart. I don't know, I don't know how much that's gonna gonna really matter. All right, tough question. This is maybe something we we say for the den, but is there a way or a world where the people that are considered Bill O'Brien apologists mm-hmm. and the people who just can't stand Bill O'Brien can live? Is there a way for us to exist together? <laughs> uh, I think he has to win the Super Bowl. I think everybody's happy. When he wins. <laughs> I think that's the only way it happens. Um, I, I mean, I think that it would take Bill. Like again, he'd have to be out of character, uh, and I mean, just do some things again. And, and last year was a little bit out of character for him. But again, like I say, I think he has to be much more aggressive. He has to just he has to show that or, or, or put the Texans in the national conversation. Not, you know, on the brink of the conversation, people start kind of talk about him, and then you go out and get embarrassed. Oh, well, they are what we thought they were. Um, and, I mean, if he if he can get out there and hang with the big dogs, I think that Bill, the the narrative around Bill will change. And I think people who don't like Bill are willing to still give him a chance. It's just that he has to show that, you know, there's more to him. And I, and I think that's kind of kind of where, where, where a lot of us are. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Hacho, thank you for, for the conversation. Uh, I'm sorry that this took so long to to have you on, uh, but you know you can come to me whenever you want to hop on. You're bored on a Tuesday. Let me know. I can. <laughs> um, but I really appreciate you coming on. I, I'm, I'm glad that I can call you my friend, somebody that we we interact with a lot on Twitter and things of that nature. Uh, Support wise, that's one of the biggest things that I think you and I have always kind of thrived for is always supporting each other in independent media and people that are trying to make a name for themselves and what they're trying to do. So. Uh, I appreciate you for, for, for doing that and supporting me, and I'll always continue to support you. I mean, I thank you for having me, and I've definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely, man, and I'm I'm a big proponent of that. Like I say, you know, the, the independent media, you know, we have a, a different way of having to work around things. We may not have that big back, and so I'm, I'm definitely in agreement that we should all, you know, support one another. We're all rooting for the same thing, you know, and again, I think that it's, it's when the people, they win, when they have options. You have more options to choose from uh, and, and more people giving you genuine content. I think it's the fans that win uh, in the end, man. But I definitely thank you for having me. I definitely look forward to doing it again soon sometime. Yeah, absolutely, Hancho. And why don't you let them know one more time where they can find you and things of that nature. Okay, yeah. Soft Sports. Uh, you can go to softsports.com. It'll take you directly to the YouTube channel, Soft Sports HTX on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, it's just Soft Sports. Uh, if you want to join the Facebook group. And like I said, we're trying to get everything back on track. Uh, go live. Usually try to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, around 6 p.m. Central, 
um, on the main channel, and then there's South Sports TV where we cover everything besides the Texans, um, and we go Tuesdays and Thursdays on that channel. But every, every we try to do 6 p.m. every night. Fantastic. And uh, tell Tin Man to not hold anything against me. I know he's, I know he's mad at me right now. Um, but tell him that it's all love still. It will forever be love. We may not see eye to eye. But Tin Man is still my guy. I kind of, kind of did. I kind of went off on him the other day, and I'm sorry. I've got my emotional bag. But tell him I got him. All right, all right. And shout out, you know, man. Shout out to the round table, man. Shout out to, you know, uh, Wink Wise, Tenny. Shout out to Ray Ray. Shout out to Hector Benson. So definitely holding it down. Shout out to, um, goddamn Darren. And um, and I know I'm forgetting somebody. And y'all can get on my ass later on for that. I always forget somebody. Um, Spitz. And, uh, you know, if anybody else I may have missed, man, I apologize. But shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody who, like I say, do an independent Houston sports media text and media, man. Shout out to you. Definitely appreciate what you got going on there, man. And I've been seeing you put in a lot of work, man. I just, you know, keep doing your thing. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, Hancho. We'll definitely be in talks. All right, man. Appreciate it. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.